Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. God bless you. The Lord's favor grace and blessing be upon all of you Um, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want to talk to you today about the 13 signs to know when it's time to leave your covering or your church or your movement or your tribe, whatever the case may be. I want to talk to you about that and I have my Bible with me. And I want you to go get your Bibles because we have a lot of ground to cover today. My name is Alexander Pagani. I'm the lead pastor of Amazing Church located here in the South Bronx, New York City, a.k.a. He is Risen Tabernacle. I'm also under the covering of Apostle and Bishop Tudor Bismarck and the Jabula New Life International Family. So that's our our covering, and I love my Jabula family, man. If you're looking for a covering to join, man, you need to join the one I'm currently under and being held accountable and have covenant relationship. You need to come with us. <laughs> Amen. All right. Listen, I want to talk to you today about the 13 signs about how to begin to recognize when God could potentially actually be calling you that it's time to leave your church, your covering, your tribe, your movement. Or when it's just time to leave a thing. Now, let me throw a disclaimer here. Is these 13 signs that I have written here are not the norm. You're not going to hear me talk about, you know, you've outgrown a place. You're not going to hear me talk about, you know, they're hindering my calling or my office is too bigger than my tribe. I'm not going to be talking about any of that because those things might be the case. And I'm going to let my apostolic friends and colleagues, uh, respected partners in the, in the ministry, I'll let them address topics like that. There's an enormous amount of topics or enormous amount of reasons such as those, um, that can help you know when it's time, um, uh, to leave a place. But actually the 13 that I have here are actually practical, unheard of things. Have you ever felt like God is telling you to leave something, but you don't know why? Because it hasn't been completely outlined as to why, but you're sensing it. Um, you're, you're beginning to 
have, you know, this inner turmoil that I think it might be time for me to kind of uh, uh, move on. All right. And I'm going to help you show you 13 signs of that. And, 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 and we're going to help you put this thing to rest. And you're going to say, oh, my God, that's what it has been all along. Sign number one. Sign number one is this. If you are only remaining at your church covering uh, movement, tribe, whatever the case may be, because you honestly have nowhere else to go, that is sign number one. If you're only remaining because you genuinely have no other church, there's no other movement within your city, there's no other, uh, you know, covering of this particular caliber that you're used to. Understand that you've been sitting under this covering for quite some time. Your diet is of a particular species and breed, which means this. If you find that your church or movement or apostle or uh, apostolic father, whatever the case may be, um, is particularly the only one of its kind in your city, then that is sign number one, which means this. Um, you genuinely have nowhere else to go. You can find this, write this down. Somebody write in the chat room, John chapter six. When Jesus began to speak the hard sayings of some of his parables, where he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. The Bible says many of his disciples left. Then he turned to his disciples and said, you're going to leave too? And what did Peter say? And there's a hidden gem within Peter's statement. He said, now listen, now I don't know how to interpret what Peter said, but had he been in 2019, uh, I, I might've felt a certain type of way. He actually said, we have nowhere to go. How many of you remember when Peter said that? He actually said, Lord, we have nowhere to go. And on top of that, you're the only one that we know that has the words of eternal life. Now, now, in the context of proper exegesis, in his, that statement, in, in its relation and connection to the Lord Jesus Christ, then it was absolutely an honorable thing to say. But in the context of what we're talking about today, if you're only sticking around because you have nowhere else to go, that is sign number one, which means, listen to me, which means this, that had there been another option, you probably would have left. This means that your heart and mind left a long time ago. Did you catch it? It just means, or rather, you're sticking around, not because your heart is there, but because there's nowhere else to go. Listen to what I'm saying. It's kind of like being in a relationship that you've fallen out of love and you might as well stick it out because you're too old to start all over. Did you catch it? That's sign number one. You have nowhere else to go. I'm just going to stay here. All right. Listen to sign number two. Sign number two is this. If you're contemplating joining another congregation that's a downgrade, that is sign number two. Listen to what I am saying, which means you know it's time to move on. There's no other church or movement like yours in your area, 
So now you're considering joining another movement that is a downgrade from where you're at. And let me give you an example of that. If you are in a fivefold apostolic uh, and prophetic movement and you feel it's time to go and there's nowhere else to go and you join a established denomination, well, just know that the vast majority of denominationalism does not embrace the apostolic and the prophetic. They embrace the pastoral, the teacher, and the evangelist. If you're willing and able and ready to take the hit and downgrade, and you're like actually genuinely considering it, like, you know, I think I'm going to go there, and you're going to take the downgrade, then the fact that you're contemplating the downgrade in your heart and mind um, is already the second sign that it's you're in a you're in a place where it's time or this is the second sign that it's time to leave a place because I don't know how it is to eat steak and then go eat McDonald's. Did you catch it? But if you're ready to go eat at a local deli, when you have been eating at the finest restaurant, then baby, your heart is already gone. That's sign number two. If you're, or let me, let me rephrase that. If you're ready to go back to the re religious stuff, religious traditionalism that you got out of after all these years, and you're ready to go back to that, like, you know what? I think it's, I'm just going to go there. You know, sign number two, sign number two. Am I talking good? Do me a favor, press the three dots and share this broadcast for those of you that just logged on. Sign number two is your heart is already prepared for a downgrade. And this is dangerous because in the kingdom, there's no downgrade. It's glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Did you catch what I just said? Okay. Sign number three is this. You're at a place where you're contemplating and even willing to leave the wrong way. Let me say that again. That sounds like a paradox. Let me tell you something. If you're at the place where you're actually contemplating and thinking about actually leaving the wrong way, because there's a protocol to leave a place. If you're actually contemplating, like, you know what? I think I'm just going to bounce. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and you're, and you know the rules and you actually know the protocols of what it takes to actually properly exodus a place. And you're actually considering not following that protocol. Like, you know what? I'm just going to send a text and I'm out and just say thank you and I'm gone. Knowing that that's not, you, well, let me just throw this in there. You never leave a church with a text. That is the most dishonorable, self-centered thing you could possibly do because, okay, your heart's not there, but they were there for you up until this point. You don't leave with a text. That's like ending a marriage with a text. Did you catch it? But if you're considering leaving the wrong way where that is becoming an option, then that is sign number three that your time is soon becoming to an end in a place because now you're so desperate to leave that you're willing to leave wrong. People do it all the time. They do it all the time, even though they know that they shouldn't leave like that. They still leave like that and they don't leave overnight. That thing had been working on them. All right. 
Sign number three is this. Hebrews chapter seven. Write that in the chat room. Hebrews chapter seven says the lesser is blessed by the greater. Now, what does that mean? Matthew chapter five also says the student is not greater than his teacher. Within the kingdom, what does that actually mean? Which means this, you're no longer receiving from your greater. You're now supporting your greater, which means your pastor and leader, as opposed to receiving from them, which means now you're supporting the services as opposed to having your pad and pen out and learning what the woman of men of God is actually did you get actually is saying and taking it as fresh revelation. Now you're more just kind of supporting the services and you're not uh, you're not actually even receiving anymore. That's a dangerous place to be. That is sign number four. Sign number four is this, that you're no longer receiving from your greater. And what do I mean by that is this. Never join a church where you're greater than you're assigned greater. Let me help you in church language. Never join a church where the man or woman of God is not assigned to feed you, which means you're there to help. That's why I don't believe in this. Oh, I came here to help. Uh, no, you join a church because you need help. Did you catch it? You don't join a church to help. So then who's who's pouring into you when while you're helping? You see how you see the fallacy in that? Wait a second. No, I joined this, I joined this work to help the church. Oh no, you joined that church because God said you the one that's jacked up, you the one that need deliverance, and you the one that need help. All right. This stuff about I joined to the help, then who's helping the helper? Oh. So sign number four. Four is you're no longer receiving anymore in the services and in the outreaches and in the uh, in the uh, the outlets that are assigned in the church services that are assigned to help uh, edify and grow the church either doctrinally through prayer and through fellowship. Now you're more helping the preacher. Come on, preacher. Come on. Yes, man of God. And now you're not saying, oh, God, speak to me. Now it's come on. You're no longer receiving. That's sign number four. Sign number five. I told you that my signs were not going to be the normal. Sign number five is this. Luke chapter five. Write that in the chat room. Luke chapter five says that Jesus was in the synagogue with the Pharisees. Now watch this. And the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but they didn't get touched. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Watch this. Watch this. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5 that the power of the Lord was present. It actually says that in the verse. The power of the Lord was present to heal them, but they didn't get healed. What does that mean in layman's ecclesiastical everyday 2019 church terms? Which means this. Just because you feel the service is dead doesn't mean the service is really dead. Just because you're not feeling the glory doesn't mean the glory's not in the house. Let me tell you what I actually wrote here for sign number five is you're no longer moved by powerful visitations of the Holy Spirit at your church. Everybody getting slain except you and the service ain't dead. 
and people are, aren't under a kundalini. The power of the Lord is present. Your spirit is not present. Did you catch it? Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Let me read it here. You're unmoved during powerful visitations of the Holy Spirit in the service, which means God is blasting people with the Holy Ghost. Everybody getting under the power, even the pastors, and you're just kind of sitting there doing this, you know, or just kind of sitting there like, or if you got an orphan spirit, you fake it till you make it. You do this and there's, you're not praying. You're not even really praying. You just want to make sure that nobody sees that you're off. So you're just like, and you're off. Sign number five. You're unmoved by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Even though the Holy Spirit is present, your mind and spirit are not present for long periods of time, for months at a time. Sign number six is this. Unspoken, broken expectations. You can find this in 2 Kings chapter 5 in the life of Naaman. Naaman was looking for healing, but he had an unspoken expectation that Elisha was not obligated to fulfill. He had in his head, I thought the man of God would come out and wave his hand like Benny Hinn and you would come down under the glory. But no, the prophet came out the door and said, uh, go dip yourself seven times. Did you catch it? Sign number six is unspoken, unfulfilled expectations, which means this. You're hurt with your church based on an expectation that you never voiced because you did the old school storefront Pentecostal thing. You said, Lord, reveal it to the woman of God. I'm not going to say nothing. Father, reveal it. Lord, show them who I am. And you've been sitting there instead of offering your gifts and saying, hey, listen, this is what I'm pretty good at. This is what I believe God has called me to do. And I'm available if you need me. All right. No, you did the old school stuff and the Bible says offer your talents to the local ecclesia no you did the old school thing because you said in your mind I don't want to make it seem like I'm after a mic so you never said anything and guess what since you never said anything nobody said anything and now two years later you hurt because you're a prophet and nobody poured into you and trained you in the prophetic, but you never told anybody you were a prophet. You wanted them to discern it. Baby, sometimes we're so heavenly minded that we become no practical earthly good. Ain't nothing wrong with telling people you're gifting. It doesn't mean you want a mic, but Naaman got offended. At something that Elisha didn't even know he was obligated. Elisha didn't know he had to wave his hand and do the Benny hand. Touch. He didn't know. But Naaman was authentically mad. And guess what? Naaman went home mad. Naaman was on his way home offended. And if it wasn't for that little Jewish servant girl, he would have went home offended. This is where many of you are. You're angry at your, at your woman of God and your man of God. Based on you thought 
I joined this so that they could do this, but you never voiced it, so they never did it. And here you are feeling like you wasted two years waiting, and now you're angry to leave. Is this, am I talking good? Sign number seven, Exodus chapter six. Write that in the chat room, Exodus chapter six. All right, let me keep going because I got about six more to go. Exodus chapter six means this. Here's sign number seven and it's this. The Bible says that when Moses came to the children of Israel, Exodus chapter six, verse nine, it says when he came to the children of Israel and he told them that God was calling him to be a deliverer, the Bible says that they hearken not to Moses for anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. I wrote here, I wrote here, you believe the vision, but you don't believe in the vision, which means this. Hey, listen, let me say that again. It sounds like an oxymoron. Listen to this. You believe the vision of the house. You just don't believe in the vision of the house, which means this. The vision is good. You don't believe the people to administer it. Because they are, they are incompetent and have shown a record of incompetence in actually fulfilling anything that they said they're going to do. So you believe the vision. You, you actually go, you know what? That's a really good vision. You know what? I'm feeling that. I think I'm going to join this. But then you don't believe in the vision. Or how about this? You believe, uh, you believe in your woman of God. You just don't believe. Your woman of God. Let that one simmer, which means the vision is of God. You don't believe in their administrative skills to actually carry out what God has told the house to do. It's good. This is what I'm saying. It happens all the time. Let's keep going. I wish I could go deeper into that. Maybe I will next time. Number eight, sign number eight is this. If you are more carnal, since you join that movement, A, and you begin to recognize that, I'm not talking about that you're more sinful. I'm talking about that you have found that you've lost your momentum of prayer and your momentum of, you know, your Nazarite vow of holiness. If you have found that you're a lot more worldly and maybe a little bit carnal since you joined the thing and you feel like, man, I don't pray as much as I used to. I don't know what it is. I'm getting a lot of fresh revelation. The services be absolutely bonkers. This is a woman and man of God. But what, how come is it that? You know, I joined here, but I feel like I've lost my my momentum of intensity in the spirit. That's sign number eight, where you feel and you're beginning to uh, have regret or rather you have internal sadness that you're not where you used to be spiritually for some reason. That sign, you're beginning to realize like, man, I'm not, I used to pray more when I was over there. I was, it was dry, but I prayed more over there. And in this new thing, for some reason, I lost, what's wrong with me? Okay, that's sign number eight that you've been regretting and you've been having some resentment and concerns and sad or been saddened that your spiritual life, you haven't grown, but your revelation has grown. Okay, sign number nine. Amos chapter two, write this in the chat room. And this is only for my married folk, only for my married folk, but you could throw this in there. If you and your spouse are fighting consistently, 
about the covering and about the church and about the movement and every other argument is about the movement, that is a sign that your time is soon coming to an end because the book of Amos says two cannot walk unless they agree. And one thing that I know is this, that God will never take you to a church where your marriage is about to end. We missed God somewhere because when you join a fellowship, both you and your spouse begin to grow with one another and begin to fulfill the assignment and enter into a Aquila and Priscilla flow of things. So if you find that the consistent argument is about your prophetess and about your apostle all the time, that now you're going to church alone and there you go occasionally or whatever the case may be. And sometimes you don't go because you just want peace in your house because all we do is fight about the church, about whatever. That is sign number nine that your time is soon coming to an end in that place. Sign number 10, sign number 10. Now, am I talking good? I told you that this was not going to be the normal. Sign number 10 is this. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I wrote sign number 10 here is if you lost the voice, your time is soon coming to an end. Because even if you're new to a place and even if you're struggling with the place and even if you're having issues with the place, if you still hear the voice of the shepherd when you go, you're in good standing. But if you're going to church and you're no longer hearing the voice of the shepherd, I'm not talking about in the preaching and in the teaching. I'm not talking about that. Remember, I'm not talking about Jezebel churches and false movements and church splits. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about good churches. But when you begin to enter a place and you're no longer hearing the voice of the shepherd in the midst of everything, you're like, Lord, where are you? And it's consistently. And watch this. And your baby don't leap inside of you. Baby, you in a, listen, that's another sign that your time is soon coming to an end in a church. All right. Number 12. I'm almost done. Number 12. If you're dreaming about another leader, your time is soon coming to an end in your local church. What am I saying? If you're consistently dreaming about another man or woman of God ministering to you in your dreams and in your dreams you're you know you're you're kind of I'm not talking about when God uses uh, a particular person you respect and they show up in your dreams like if I show up in your dream you know I represent deliverance all right so it doesn't necessarily mean okay my time is ending in a church what God is trying to say if I show up in your dream is that hey either I'm representing Jesus because of my beard or I'm representing deliverance, all right? Doesn't necessarily mean like, okay, but I would tell you this, if you're consistently dreaming about another church and another man or woman of God, this is letting you know that your heart is no longer here, that actually you had 
actually you really admire that other church, which hence is the reason why you keep dreaming about it. Now, this does not mean that God is calling you to go to that church. Don't you dare join a church based on a dream. You never join a church for any dream. As a matter of fact, you never do anything for God based on a dream. The book of Jude actually talks about it's against that. The Bible says these men claim authority from their dreams. You never make a move based on a dream. The dream confirms what the Holy Spirit has already been telling you based on good counsel, based on, you know, God speaking to you, based on what your spiritual father, spiritual mother says. And then a dream will come and begin to consolidate and confirm everything that God has been telling you. Uh, you never make a move based on no dream because sometimes our dreams are fickle. And sometimes we dream about what we like. All right. We dream about a church that we admire. Did you catch it? Doesn't mean that you guys calling you over there. But if you're consistently dreaming about someone else in another place of fellowship, this has let you know that you no longer in your subconscious feel that your local church actually ministers to you anymore. That's sign number uh, 12. And sign number 13, and I'm done, guys. Sign number 13 is this. Listen to what I'm saying. Oh, as a matter of fact, I got an extra one. I'm sorry. It's actually 14 signs. My bad. 14. Oh, no, no, not true. Not true. Not true. Let me give you sign number 12. I was on the wrong number. Okay. Watch this. Okay. Sign number five, Ephesians chapter five, write this down, Ephesians five, the Bible says, fathers and mothers provoke not your children unto wrath. Here is sign number 12. Listen, that the voice of your, the angel assigned over your house no longer soothes you, it actually annoys you and provokes you. Listen, I'm not talking about when men and women of God start throwing shots on the pulpit and do that foolishness. No, I'm talking about, listen to what I'm saying, which means your man of God, man, man of God. Now, every time they talk, it's just like, oh, the dude gets on your last nerves. Every time she prophesies, you're like, ah, it, it provokes it, something. There's a miscommunication there between you and them or the house that now when they talk and doing what God has called them to do, now it annoys you. Now it's like, oh, I don't even want to hear you. Like, oh, God, getting on my last nerves. It's actually, it no longer ministers and soothes you. It now provokes you. It's provoking you, which means you love it when someone else preaches and when someone else talks. Because every time they get up there, it's, it is annoying you. It's provoking you. All right. And you just angry and it just provokes stuff. And then you find yourself having to write to them and say, forgive me. I was mad at you. And they like, well, what were you mad about? And you're like, I don't know. I was just mad at you. Actually, this is a sign, the 12th sign that God could potentially be calling you out. Now, I'm not referring to validated uh, situations and even potential demonic uh, spiritual warfare. That's another topic. I'm talking about human being stuff. All right. We're human beings, man. Listen, you're not prophet all day. You are so-and-so all day. You just happen to have the office of a prophet or whatever. All right. So we're not that all day. Let me, let me just share a secret with you. I'm not doing deliverance all day. Listen, I, I go to the movies. I hang out. I fellowship. I, I like, I'm not casting out devils all day. I'm Alexander. I'm Alex all day. 
Okay, so, uh, okay, so they annoy you, all right? If you're a woman and man of God is getting on your last nerves and you know in your heart they haven't done anything to you, but just the mere, their voice just annoys you. And let me just interject something. I was, I wrote this, but I took it out because it, this one might be way too much of a sign, but I would tell you this. I'm just going to say this as a sidebar. If you're getting offended at everything that they're preaching, thinking that they're talking about you, your time is almost up at a church. All right. Because they have to address sin in a the house. They're not talking about you, but that's a sidebar. I didn't put it here because that's just way too personal. You know what I'm saying? And anyway, let me move on. And last one, write this down, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen, is this good? I'm almost done. The last one is this. Listen to what I'm saying. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle Paul began to tell the Corinthian church, he actually said this. He said, I am your apostle. Open your heart to me. He actually said that. That means that the Corinthian church had closed their heart to him. What does that mean? It means this, that you went from calling them mom or mama to first lady to pastor to their last name to sister, which means the roles that you held them in high esteem. Now you are referring to them by their first name, you know, brother, brother Smith. But before that, it was Papa Smith. Did you catch it? Listen to what I'm saying. If you went from Papa Smith to Pastor to Apostle Smith to Pastor Smith to Brother Smith to Brother, hey, God is calling you out. God is calling you out, especially if you used to refer to them as, you know, Mama. You know, and it was mama or something. And now it's just, hey, you. Well, how about this? You don't even say anything. You, you just talk to them so that you don't have to say anything. Listen, listen, which means you have devalued them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they've done anything wrong. It just means that God might be calling you out because they are no longer that to you. And I could deal with that on another topic because how do you unfather a father? I digress with that one. All right, listen, these are the 13 signs. If this is you, then you have some soul searching to do. You have some immediate soul searching to do. Because guess what? No movement or covering is jail, nor a prison. You can leave. Yes, you can. You can leave. All right. Just leave the right way. Leave for the right reasons. Don't run. Face that thing and pass that rite of passage. That's your big test. That's your big test. God is saying, do the honorable thing to do. But you have some soul searching to do. If you're more than one on this list, you have some immediate soul searching uh, that you need to do. And I hope these 13 signs were practical enough because none of them were the normal, usual stuff. This is practical, practical stuff. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you.
All right. Now, if none of these things apply to you, then you good. If one or two applied to you, you good. But if you're like more than eight on that list, there's some, there's something that you, you, you need to, you need to get on a fast and begin to have the honest conversation with God. Like, okay, God, what's going on here? You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your assignment. You owe it to them. You owe it to the people that look up to you. Listen, th this is covenant. This is covenant. This is covenant. Amen. This is covenant. All right. Amen. The Lord's favor, grace, and blessing be upon all of you in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, listen, my name is Alexander Pagani. I'm the lead pastor of Amazing Church, located here in the South Bronx, New York City, a.k.a. He is with the Tabernacle. Now, the reason why I'm writing this, or rather, that I did this, is because in our house, we have been... Listen, our church has grown 110%. In our church, we are at standing room only, literally. And I'm smart enough to know that not everyone that is sitting in my church, there's a difference between swelling and growing. These, This is the tough questions that I need to make to those coming to our fellowship. And for those of you that are pastors and your church is growing and growing and growing and growing, understand that growing doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean growing. You might just be swelling. All right. But these are, this is some hard questions you need to ask yourself because when people come through my doors and the house be packed out, as of recent, I'm beginning to question like, have these folks left their previous church the right way? Do, am I receiving them and end up becoming an enemy to another pastor? What was the reasons of why they left that previous church? Because maybe if, if that's the way they left them, maybe that's how they'll leave me. Did you see what I'm saying? Now, this is for the rest of you that are in the receiving end. As you're the member, you have some tough questions to ask. And guess what? It's okay to ask them. I just want to make sure that this year of 2019, we're not wasting time. Or we're leaving something and now we're bitter enemies with another person. All right? This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.